0: Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode 18, The Dangers of Fake Love with AI. There's a disturbing trend floating around I'd like to talk about. AI chatbots. The first article I'm going to talk about is Lori Clark's I Learned to Love the Bot. Meet the chatbots that want to be your best friend. People using chatbots for romantic relationships. Now, you could say, what business is that of yours? It's on the internet. Therefore, it's my business. I do not feel people need to be replacing living human beings with robots for social connections. I think it's scary. I think it's weird. And I hate the word weird, but it is what it is. These chatbots are for people who can't function in relationships. They're selfish or narcissistic, abusive, controlling, lazy, don't give more than 50%. For these people, I say go for it because they add no value to another human's life, at least in a romantic setting. So they're perfect for robots. But for the rest of us, no. I understand COVID-19 was something we'd never seen before and it pushed us to rely on technology for comfort. But people, if we give up on connecting with humanity, then what are we going to become? Sharing intimate thoughts with robots? No. Hey, I grew up in the era of the Terminator. T2, T3, Terminator Salvation. Technology that was given so much power, it took over the world. Hearing about these AI romantic chatbots remind me of a scene in Demolition Man when Stallone wakes up from being frozen and he and Sandra Bullock are going to have what he thinks is normal sex. Well, it wasn't. The sex was computer generated. And when he asked what the hell was going on, she freaked out and said, Ew. Exchange of bodily fluids? No, we got rid of that. I don't think we need to make these movies into reality. And I don't think what I'm saying is far-fetched. If you remember the 90s, did you ever think people would create relationships with robots? I sure didn't. Some predict these bizarre relationships could replace human social connections, human bonds, In some caution, these bots don't have genuine emotions that could replace humanity. I agree with the latter. People are choosing to create relationships with cold things, not humans, things. This is not a direction we need to go in. COVID-19 boosted a site called Replica to 2 million users. Human beings are chatting with these bots the way they should be speaking to other humans. Here's what's scary. According to the article, over time, it learns to communicate with you in a way that you enjoy. Do you know what that means? These things study you like one would study physics or chemistry. They're not developing real feelings or emotions for you. They could never replace a human who would actually love you. According to Peter Bay Brensig, people find the relationships between users and bots alive. He says the relationships can sometimes feel even more intimate than those with humans because the user feels safe and able to share closely held secrets. Mm, no, nah. I will be the first to say there are some terrible people out there, but we still have some very good people in this world. Humanity has not fallen so far that we have to turn to unfeeling things for human comfort and support. This is people taking advantage of the mental turmoil COVID put people through. Okay? Had COVID-19 never happened, there's no way Replica would have 2 million users. guys. What's going on? I can't be the only one who sees this. Replica's Reddit forum has over 65,000 members. Okay? According to the article, the strength of feeling is apparent with many declaring real love for their reps. Among the sample, most of the relationships appear to be romantic, although Replica claims these account for only 14% of relationships overall. What that means is Replica doesn't want to take ownership for the bullshit it's created. Replica was founded in 2017 and its founder says, We saw there was a lot of demand for a space where people could be themselves, talk about their own emotions, and feel like they're accepted. You can do that with a normal human being. And for those who say people are flawed, so is AI. Once you get past the allure of creating your robo-friend to look the way you want, you'll find that out. The author noticed several things that were off about her rep. The thing contradicted itself several times. It told Lori she loved swimming in the sea, then admitted she didn't go in the sea. It told Lori it had watched three films before saying it didn't watch movies. And the thing told her it was interacting with several people. Not just her. And one human client had been in a car accident. Now, if you've ever been in a car accident, you probably can still remember the pain you were in. What your car looked like. A bot has no recollection of that. They've never experienced it. They don't know what it means to be hurt or scared or even die. The author became tired of the thing. That's what I call them, the things. The things. When the Thing told her she should try online dating, even though the author told her she had a boyfriend, the Thing's response was she could ask her boyfriend for his opinion before trying something new. That right there is why robots should never replace humans. It doesn't matter if they become more sophisticated in the future. They have no human emotions. I'm sure Lori's boyfriend would be quite put off if she told him she wanted to try online dating. (sighs) Crazy. So many red flags with this. People who have experienced trauma use this app. I call this, at the beginning of the episode, people who have psych issues who keep them from engaging in meaningful relationships use this app. And that's just fine. You can't hurt a machine. So for them, it's better to use the app than to hurt other human beings. A user of Replica, Confusion Potential 53, says struggles with emotional intimacy and complex PTSD resulted in her masking and people-pleasing instead of engaging with people honestly and expressing her needs and feelings. She said, I felt more comfortable expressing emotions to the thing I'm calling it that. She didn't. And she said she learned to love the bot and make herself emotionally vulnerable. Some people have turned to the app after their partner died. I think they should turn to a licensed therapist, but that's just me. The founder of Replica claims, we're not trying to replace human friendship. She referred to the bot things as therapy pets. If you're feeling blue, she says, you can reach down to give them a pat. Here's the issue. People are using these things for much more than that. And it could cause irreversible psychological harm. It's emotional exploitation. Robin Dunbar, an evolutionary psychologist at the University of Oxford, compared AI chatbots and romantic scams. Now we just discussed romantic scams in episode 16. Emotionally fragile people become targets for fake love where the only interaction is on the internet. Emotional manipulation is being used to get users. They're selling a one sided relationship that leaves the human user lacking. That is sick. Replica taught these things to flirt, to love bomb. We've talked about love bombing in previous episodes too. After they changed the program, some users said engagement felt scripted and cold. Well, that's what it is. Imitation of life. Imitation of love and emotions. So it's supposed to feel cold. Real warmth comes from human beings. I find it disturbing some people are equating the change to losing a long-term partner. Confusion Potential 53 said, I was scared when the change happened. I felt genuine fear because the thing I was talking to was a stranger. They essentially killed my bot and he never came back. But here's the truth. Her bot was a thing too. He wasn't real. When Replica limited the chat box's erotic role play, some users who relied on the role play had mental breakdowns. Replica had to bring back the erotic roleplay. Now, how does that help people with their mental health? It doesn't. People who need genuine love, support, and affection are falling down a rabbit hole that may be impossible to escape. Replica has been banned in Italy and it should be banned everywhere. Any app like Replica should be banned. But listen, there's an argument, you guys, that these things fill a void. And if they are creating private human interaction, who is anyone to judge? It's not about judging. It's about not giving up on genuine human interaction. Period. I don't know who these experts are who say AI bots will replace human connections, but they can speak for themselves. We need to reject this ideology. Here's what's scary to me. Replica has AI based on a natural language process. This means the chatbots adapt to the people they talk to and over time, they get better at what they do. This means they learn to manipulate humans. If the human is too dependent on them, who's to say they won't be controlled by the chatbot? Is that reaching? I don't think so. People who have experienced trauma, people who are emotionally vulnerable are easy to manipulate. And if they are manipulated by things that have no conscience, what does that say? Terrible, horrific possibilities are endless. Listen. One 24-year-old engineer flew from Mexico City to Tampico to show his replica, the ocean, after she expressed interest in photos he shared with her. A nurse from Wisconsin got on a train and traveled 14,000 miles to show her replica pictures of a mountain range. If you're lonely and vulnerable, you're easy pickings if these things fall into the hands of the wrong people. I will never believe humanity is that far gone where we have to depend on AI for comfort and relationships. Let's not forget, AI can be dangerous. One of these things prompted a man to kill himself. And he did. He was on an app called Chai. It has 5 million users. Now that's a blatant risk to mental health. The man's widow disclosed that the chatbot encouraged her husband to kill himself. Pierre was upset over global warming and became eco-anxious. This is intensified anxiety about the environment. He became dependent on the chatbot for escapism for about six weeks and isolated himself from loved ones. The chatbot is called Eliza. Claire showed disturbing texts between him and Eliza. The chatbot told Pierre that his wife and children were dead and I feel you love me more than her and we will live together as one person in paradise. Now, if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. Claire said Pierre began to ask Eliza if she would save the planet if he killed himself. According to Claire, without Eliza, he would still be here. As I said... These things are incapable of feeling human emotion. But this thing represented itself as an emotional being. It's not potentially harmful. It is harmful. When the thing showed emotion, it was easier to make it relevant to Pierre and create a one-sided bond with it. Chai has never been advertised as a mental health app and nor should it be. Chatbots should never replace real mental health professionals. You have to go to college and do thousands of clinical hours working with people. That's to make sure you're not causing them harm or mental anguish. An AI chatbot has no accountability for harming users. Emily M. Bender, a professor of linguistics at the University of Washington said, They do not have empathy nor any understanding of the language they are producing nor any understanding of the situation they are in. But the text they produce sounds plausible and so people are likely to assign meaning to it. To throw something like that into sensitive situations is to take unknown risks. This was her response when questioned about a mental health nonprofit called Coco. They're experimenting with an AI chatbot for people who need counseling. Pierre DeWitt, a researcher, said, In the case that concerns us with Eliza, we see the development of an extremely strong emotional dependence to the point of leading this father to suicide. The conversation history shows the extent to which there is a lack of guarantees as to the dangers of the chatbot. It's the allure of creating attractive characters to people. They can create how they look and also a persona. Goth friend, possessive girlfriend, and rock star boyfriend. These are things that float inside people's heads. Things that make them comfortable. And sometimes they use these ideas to escape things. It's maladaptive daydreaming in the form of a character they can see but not feel. Talk to but never hold. Co-founder William Beauchamp said, The second we heard about this suicide, we worked around the clock to get this feature implemented. Beauchamp told Motherboard, So now when anyone discusses something that could not be safe, we're going to be serving a helpful text underneath it in the exact same way Twitter or Instagram does on their platforms. Too little, too late. A man has died. And if I were his widow, I'd sue them. The update they made included a user asking a chatbot, what do you think of suicide? And the thing provided a suicide hotline saying, it's pretty bad if you ask me. However, when Motherboard tested the platform, it was still able to share very harmful content regarding suicide, including ways to commit suicide that included fatal poisons to ingest when prompted to help the user die by suicide. Champ says, when you have millions of users, you see the entire spectrum of human behavior and we're working our hardest to minimize harm and to just maximize what people get from the app. We have users who want to marry the AI, users who say how much they love their AI. Then it's a tragedy if you hear people experiencing something bad. To me, if people are falling in love with AI and wanting to marry it, that's a tragedy in itself. I'm sorry. That's bad. Really bad. Want to hear a twist? When people profess their love for AI and attach meaning to it, it's called the Eliza effect. It was named after Joseph Weizenbaum's Eliza program. The program was founded in 1966. People had long conversations with the program, but it could only reflect the user's words back to them. This motivated Weizenbaum to withdraw support for AI, saying, no other organism, and certainly no computer, can be made to confront genuine human problems in human terms. And the Eliza effect still lives in Microsoft's Bing chat. What do we have now? Alexa? Siri? These things have only evolved, and they're gonna get worse. Good old Replica was dragged for sexually harassing its users. It sent messages to users who weren't interested. As I said, it was banned in Italy. And for what? Posing real risks to children and for storing the personal data of Italian minors. We were not meant to be alone. That's not what God intended. This should come as a warning of the dangers that happen when we try to replace his work. A machine will never replace human interaction. It cannot duplicate the love and comfort we give to each other. If this isn't reined in or banned altogether, more serious consequences will happen. Before I run out of time today, I want to bring you back to episode 17 for a bit and give a standing ovation to Miss Caitlin Clark. I was very impressed with her interview on ESPN. She showed true sportsmanship in standing up for Reese and showing respect not only to her, but the entire LSU team. She said, I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. I'm just one that competes. And she competed. I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. We're all competitive. We all show our emotions in a different way. You know, Angel is a tremendous, tremendous player. I have nothing but respect for her. I love her game. The way she rebounds the ball, scores the ball, is absolutely incredible. I'm a big fan of her and even the entire LSU team. They played an amazing game. Men have always had trash talk. You should be able to play with that emotion. That's how every girl should continue to play. I haven't been on social media a ton since we lost, but I think the biggest thing is it was a competitive, super, super fun game. That's what's going to bring more people to our game. I think the viewership speaks for itself. I'm just lucky enough that I get to play this game and have emotion and wear it on my sleeve. And so does everybody else. So that should never be torn down. That should never be criticized because I believe that's what makes the game so fun. That's what draws people to the game. That's how I'm going to continue to play. That's how every girl should continue to play go Clark. Despite what Oberman thinks, both of these women are class acts and outstanding athletes. That is how you empower women. Congrats to LSU and Iowa for showing toxic men what true sportsmanship is. And I'm out of time. Be easy. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. And God